Hello. Good to be here with you all. <laughs> Thank you, Lisa. Thank you very much. Um, so this week I was thinking about what to preach on and wasn't sure what it was going to be, but I was just in the shower and just, I wasn't really praying or anything. I was just showering and all of a sudden this word ubiquitous came into my mind. I don't use big words and I didn't even know that word. I mean, I've heard it used maybe, but I, I couldn't tell you what it, I couldn't have told you what it meant. So it kind of got my curiosity up and I just thought, I wonder if that's, I wonder if God is, um, wanting me to talk about something related to ubiquitous. And so uh, I looked it up and, um, Bob, can you look up the, mean, the meaning of ubiquitous again or somebody else? I, I had it here to give you the definition, but it's basically the, the nearness and fullness of, of something um, everywhere, almost like om, omniscient, om, omniscience or omnipresent. Do you have that, Bob? Okay, yeah. can you read it? You got it, okay. So it's existing or being everywhere at the same time, consistently encountered. I thought, well, what? God, why did you drop that into my mind? Um, so existing or being everywhere at the same time, constantly encountered. Well, um, lately I've been kind of feeling a little bit discouraged about where God might be in some of the hard things that I've been going through, like, you know, Bob lost his mom, and then right after that, um, I kind of felt like I've been losing my mom in terms of just her her presence, like, because of dementia. So we've been moving um, my mom and then moving Bob's mom's stuff, and then all of a sudden we had to move Gene out of his place because since he went into, uh, since his stroke, he is wheelchair bound and, and he couldn't go back to Alpine Ridge independent living. He had to go into assisted living and um, all of this has just kind of put our life in into a lot of um, kind of chaos. And in the midst of it, there have been times when I've just wondered, well, where is God, you know? But there have been, um, there's been evidence this week that God really has been with us. One example is that uh, we had this one possibility um, I mean, right now it's hard to find any possibilities for assisted living because people have been waiting to put their loved ones in, in some of the homes that have been filled with COVID, you know, during COVID, right? So now that things have opened up a bit, everyone's rushing to put, you know, the people that they, that need to go into these places, they're rushing to, to you know, now that it's a little bit safer um, and people are getting vaccinated, but that means there's a shortage so one place came up for Bob's dad, and then all of a sudden we realized we weren't going to be able to afford it because they said that they had to do some work on it, and that was going to make it more expensive. So I just thought, oh, gosh, you know, how is God going to come through? Is he going to be living with us? But that's impossible because, like, he's wheelchair-bound, and that would mean that we have to lift him for absolutely every single thing he has to move to do. Long story short, um, the person who directs the bridge, which is an assisted living place in Mount Vernon, um, the executive director, um, really took it upon herself to help us find a place for Jean. And just when the last place we thought could be a possibility, that closed up, she said, oh, somebody who was on a waiting list just now went off and they had had their deposit down for a long time and they just realized they're not going to be able to come in. So 
there's one room you can go into. And she found a way to charge us less so we could afford it between, you know, the siblings that are going to be chipping in. So anyway, I felt like that is, that's where God has been showing up, you know, in, in like the everyday stuff. And same with my mom and um, just same with just different um, examples that we've experienced, you know, in our own family and with people we know. So I guess maybe God dropped that word into my mind just to, I'm wondering if maybe it was just to kind of impress on me the, the mysterious uh, quality of God's nearness and fullness and presence. And maybe that's why it was like a word that I wouldn't use, but God is big. God, God's words are on, on some, you know, just foreign to me. And so it's funny that he would use a word that I would never even want to use just to kind of get me searching and thinking about, about, about who he is when it comes to his presence. So Psalm 145 is, is a pretty interesting psalm. And as a matter of fact, um, for good Jewish people in the day when it was written, it, um, it was considered uh, worthy of being recited three times daily. So, um, yeah, this psalm is actually uh, prayed three times a day, twice, twice in the day and once at night. So this, is, this psalm um, actually ends um, a series of David's psalms. So it's kind of the book in, the last psalm, but it's not a psalm. It's actually called a song of praise. It's the only uh, psalm that's considered a song of praise. And so David shows us how to praise God for his nearness, for his ubiquity, I guess you'd say. Um, so verse 1, I will extol you, my God and my king, and bless your name forever and ever. So here David, who is a king himself, is sharing with us um, that God is personal. He's, he calls God you. He calls God my God not just the God of the world, but you, my God, and at the same time, my king. David, King David, calls God his king. So we can be the king of our own worlds, can't we? Um, but, but it's important for us to realize that God is, is our king who we need to come before in honor and, um, and in humility and in praise. So David goes on in verse 2 to say, Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Well, this is like a huge thing to say. And it's like a huge commitment because he's saying, Every day I will do that. Do I do that? Do you do that? Do you every day bless God and praise his name forever and ever? Uh, well, David said, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. His greatness is unsearchable. I mean, we, we have managed to create some pretty great things like, you know, cell phones and the ability to be able to fly in these metal um, contraptions, you know, above the clouds. Um, we've managed to do amazing things medically and otherwise. But really, God's greatness is unsearchable. Um, we don't even know the depths of God in his greatness. But it's important for us to, 
who actually acknowledge that even when we can't see that God seems to be making a difference in our lives. I mean, there are times when we feel like God seems small. You know, where is God in the face of this thing I'm going through? Or where is God um, at the time that this other person needed God's help, you know, who we're praying for constantly? Sometimes I've wondered that. So to me, it's amazing that David is so bold to say, every day I will praise you and bless, bless you. What does it mean for you guys to bless God? I mean, God blesses me, God blesses you, but what does it mean for us? What does it mean for you to bless God? I just want you to unmute for a second. Um, I found it really uh, a blessing to me in our last service that we did in the garden here at Tierra Nueva to hear what other people had to say about this. Um, one person said that, um, well, God, God respects me and, um, you know, and considers me as valuable and that's how I feel blessed. So I feel like if, when I, uh, show up for God or I, you know, I take God seriously, that's how I bless God. And another person said, um, that they're just really thankful when they see that God cares for those who are struggling. And I'm thinking, yeah, I, especially like for people who, who we care deeply about, but we feel like maybe the world doesn't see them the way we do. But when someone takes the time to stop for a loved one, one of our kids or someone who, you know, who other people are overlooking or, or maybe, you know, mistreating, when somebody stops and blesses that person, it blesses us. So I'm blessed when I see other people blessing those who are on my heart, and I feel like God is the same way. And that's what someone said. They said when, when God, um, you know, when God sees that we're blessing people who He cares about, that blesses Him. So why don't you unmute for a second, and um, if something comes to your mind, we'd lo I'd love to have you share it. How do you bless God, or how how do you think we bless God? go for it just doesn't have to be perfect just what are what comes to your what comes to your heart anybody have an idea I think this is a pretty hard concept for some of us how do we bless God it is a hard concept because it seems almost like um, pretentious to think that we can bless God <laughs> but I kind of feel like it blesses God when we bless others you know like you said when we can help other people whom are dear to him, which all people are dear to him, then it really blesses him when we can be like his hands and feet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks, Lisa. Anyone else like to share something? And this is Mitch. I think that it really blesses God when you're uh, just grateful for everything, you know, and um, recognize that uh, anything good that you feel or joy or love, all of it comes from him. And so um, when you're worshiping God and thanking him and praising him, then that is all blessing him. Yeah, I agree. Is that easy to do for you, Mitch? Well... It really depends on my mood, but um, today it was just so beautiful here that it just seemed like um, I was overwhelmed with the beauty, you know, and so uh, that made it easy. 
Yeah, I had that experience too. I, I got up to let the dog out and uh, I was in my slippers, so I wasn't planning to go all the way down the hill and walk on our dike, but the dog wouldn't go without me. So I thought, okay, I'll walk down in my slippers. And I walked down and I thought, wow, these birds are incredible. I want mm-hmm. to know birds. I can't believe this song. These, these, all these birds are singing these songs. I mm-hmm. want to And I felt like God was sort of smiling, going, ooh, that's the, I've, I made these birds, you know, to bless my children. I'm glad you're interested. I just kind of had that feeling, like just delight. I feel like I was taking delight in, in the creation that God has made and, and God was taking. Yeah. You know what? Today I saw what's called the Western Tangier, which um, <laughs> I know most people don't know what that is, but it's kind of rare. And it, uh, to see here, it's kind of rare. And it is bright, bright yellow with a bright, bright orange head. And um, when he came down into my yard, I, I thought, oh, Lord, it's good to see you. <laughs> it just seemed like a present, you know. That is beautiful. Thank you, Mitch. Mm-hmm. I felt like that too. Anybody else? So we got a couple uh, um, texts, basically. Uh, so uh, one person said that we bless God when we believe that we are beloved and reflect that. And another person says adoration of his character, his love and goodness to choose life by speaking life into lives and situations around us. Those are a couple of ways that people say we bless God. These are all awesome. Let's hear some. Mm-hmm. Um, one time, um, like I'm no, no scholar and especially no Hebrew scholar, but um, I decided to look up the word bless because like everybody else, it seems like, you know, it's like, yeah, what does that even mean? And it was interesting because it, I think if I remember correctly, it means like kneel before or kneel down or bow down. And I could be wrong, but that's an, um, an interesting, see, like taking a posture of like being under God, you know, mm-hmm. and same, same, like if you bless somebody else, you know, it's like you're taking a position of, of being below that person and somehow like maybe being at service to that person, you know? Yeah, I'm thinking about Jesus who said, whoever wants to be greatest, you know, has to, needs to be a servant of all. And Jesus was the biggest servant of all. He blessed us through the way he served us, didn't he? And he still does. He comes down. God lowers himself in Jesus. And, and, and he blesses others when we lower ourselves in humility before other people and consider their needs as more important and just listen and stop. So when you get on your knees, you can't be running around fast, can you? Thank you, Roger. One last, one last uh, way that we bless God. Well, can I just add one more thing? Um, like, like that that phrase, "Bless the Lord, O my soul." Well, to me, it makes it it makes that somehow like make more sense. Anyway, it's like soul, you gotta come under under the Lord, you know. And, and whatnot so yeah because there's parts of us that kind of battle within us like no you know i want to do this i want to go do that and you know i don't feel like doing this right now and and god draws us 
to him. But do we draw near to God when God's drawing near to us? Well, thanks for that. I feel blessed because um, I feel like I just learned some new things through hearing how you guys bless God. So again, David says, every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Um, verse 4 says that one generation shall share your works with another and declare your mighty acts. This is important that if that one way that we really bless God is by not just keeping God's greatness, you know, our experience of God's greatness to ourselves, but really sharing that with our kids um, as little as they are or as old as they are, um, sharing it with everybody who God puts on our heart to share it with. Um, how can we keep a good thing secret? You know, God's goodness is to share. And so, um, and we need to do it intergenerationally. So I think having times where we are, are very um, um, deliberate about, about telling the, the works of God, you know, in the past. Um, sometimes we go through dry periods where we, we're not feeling God's presence, but, you know, it's still important to remember how God has worked in the past with us. And when we're in a community setting, there's going to be a lot of remembering and a lot of uh, affirmation of, of who God is. And that way, that's how, that's how we learn, right? That's how the generations below learn. Um, it says, they shall speak of the, mighty, or the might of your awesome deeds. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. So I guess that's a good reason for us to have worship because when we're singing aloud of God's righteousness, uh, that's how that's how we hear and we hear it over and over and that's somehow when we put song into into the truth of what we've experienced it it kind of goes deep into a different part of our of our being and um, so yeah I think that the, the kids who are growing up in the church and and here present during our worship at Tierra Nueva are blessed in a way that I wasn't blessed we were always relegated to the Sunday school rooms and I don't know if we experience that same blessing, but here at Tierra Nueva anyway, um, you know, a lot of the time the kids are all together with the parents and that, that way they're learning songs from a little, from an early age. So verse eight, the Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all. His tender mercies are over all that he has made. So this word tender mercies or mercy, how we see it in the, um, ESV actually is referring to literally is the womb. So it's it's like saying um, God's womb is over all that He has made. So that feeling of compassion that's that's in the womb. That's how He looks at all as He has made that He has made. I love that image, you know, of this the pregnant pregnant feeling of God and that that tender um, delight and protectiveness. Of, of what God is doing, the newness that's going on, what he's creating, whether it's physically or whether it's spiritually or emotionally in us. It's so beautiful. What a beautiful image. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord. We saw this as examples today. The birds are part of God's works, aren't they? And they were giving thanks to God, I believe. And it says, and all your saints shall bless you. So we have the works of God, Whatever the works of God are, 
those those things, you know, creation and whatever God has done, continue to speak, even after God has, uh, you know, begun a creative work. They continue to speak, and we who are His saints also um, do the same thing when we take the time to uh, to bless God. They shall speak of of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. So this idea of making known to the children, to our children um, throughout the generations about God's kingdom, not just about our kingdoms and what we're about, our missions, our projects, but making known God's kingdom and God's power as opposed to our own. So in verse 14, we have this beautiful promise that says, the Lord upholds all who are falling down and raises up all who are bowed down. So there's this, this picture, this metaphor of, you know, what God is doing when people feel like they're failing you know, or whether they're just plain old, or whether they're sick or hopeless. You know, I'm thinking of Gene Eckblad, you know, Bob's dad, who's now bowed down, and he's 93, and he's in a wheelchair. Um, can he experience God's upholding now? Um, is he always going to, what does it look for, like, for somebody who's old to mount up with, with wings of eagles? Does that mean that they, they never experienced aging? I don't think so. I think we all experience, experience aging and we experience the effects of, you know, disease and sickness in our bodies. But somehow we're told that the Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. How God does it, um, I think each one of us can experience it, even in the midst of our pain, even in the midst of our, uh, you know, when we're bewildered or we're feeling, you know, like, we don't know what to think about God. God is still there, especially I think when we're when we're in a posture of blessing and being thankful. And, in, and it says too, the eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. You know, we're not told that when we're Christians, we will just have, you know, a big bank account and a full fridge, and uh, never have to depend on God anymore. It's not just like this victorious Christian life that some of us have maybe grown up hearing about that once you become a Christian, you know, you don't you don't get sick. <clears throat> or if you are sick, that means that, you know, something's wrong with your faith or, you know, if bad things happen to you, well, <clears throat> you probably did something. You know, no, part of of the Christian life is living in a world that's marked by by pain and suffering. And we experience that too you know, even as sons and daughters of God. But in the midst of that, um, what's, what's the bigger truth is that um, our dependency on God is important, you know, for our daily existence, both uh, physically and spiritually and emotionally. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand, you satisfy the desire of every living thing. Every living thing. Satisfy the desire. So there's a psalm that says that, or I don't know where it is actually, that God desire, uh, satisfies the desires of our hearts. I think that's because God, do you know where that is? Psalm 37. Psalm 37. You can look it up. Thank you, Mike. That God, God um, satisfies the desires of our hearts. Why? 
because I think God put those desires in our hearts. God has put dreams and desires and, and, and you know, plans to be fulfilled in your heart. And sometimes we don't believe that because of the hardship we go through. But I want you to right now take courage and don't forget those dreams that he's placed in your heart. Maybe you've put them on hold. Maybe you've not believed them just because of circumstances that have caused you to doubt. But maybe now's the time for you to revisit the dreams that God has put in your heart, okay? And okay, if you're struggling with your faith in some way, just to even know who God is for you or believe in God's power, I encourage you to, to um, take David's example in this beautiful psalm that so many people have recited over and over, three times daily, that's a lot, and meditate on this for you because I think that God wants to satisfy the desires that he put in your heart in the first place. He put them there, he'll satisfy them if you open your eyes to him. He's drawing near to you. Will you draw near to him? The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him. Near. Just that idea of ubiquity, I guess you might say. Uh, he's near in his fullness, in all of his fullness. Not near in the way that we are with each other where we, you know, we can disappoint each other or we're not fully present for some reason. God is fully present, even though we don't experience his presence as being fully present. He, is, he does not change. He does not disappoint us. There's no redos, you know. God doesn't have to redo things over again in terms of how he's present with us. You know, he might change his tactics, but he is, he is his fullness in every place that we encounter him. So the Lord is near to all who call on him, he, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who, feel, who fear him. Um, wait, didn't we just read that? He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. Oh, yeah, we did. Because in verse 16, it says the same thing. You open your hand, you satisfy the desire of every living thing. I wonder why David repeated that. I guess because that fact has been impressed on him, that he actually, actually God does fulfill our desires. Do you believe that or have you given up? Please don't give up. I've given up before, but thankfully God hasn't given up on me. I started to give up in a, on a situation that I've been uh, praying about for years, and I saw some breakthrough just this week, and I just thought to myself, is this too good to be true? I can't get too excited about this, even though I've been praying about it. And I feel like God is like, come on, you know, let's, you've got to have some hope here, you know, um, don't, you know, don't be superstitious. I mean, people are, there's, you know, there, people slip and people fall, but that doesn't mean that I'm not doing a work in their life. Okay, so stop being so, uh, what's the word, pessimistic. I think we can get pessimistic because we don't, want to, we don't want to get our hopes up, all right? But we have to remember that God is the one who only God can change hearts. And so we, we, let's depend on him to satisfy, satisfy the desires of every living thing. So remember the Lord is near. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He also hears their cries and saves them. Okay, now here is a verse that is hard for some of us. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. Let's not focus on, on how this can be bad news for us, okay? 
and we don't even know who the wicked are. Are we talking about spiritual entities? Are we talking about, I don't think he's talking about, uh, you know, people um, necessarily, but we're not going to get into that because we're going to focus on the fact that God is near to all, you know, his creation. If he's near to the creation, he's near to his, his children as well. My mouth shall speak of the Lord. That's how, that's how David ends. My mouth. And so this is his prayer. And let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. So I want David's prayer to be my prayer for myself, that my mouth will speak of the praise of the Lord. And let all flesh, everybody, not just me, but everybody, bless his holy name forever and ever. I think for that to happen, we need to have God's heart and not just keep the goodness of God to ourselves, but uh, stretch, let ourselves be stretched to go outside of our comfort zone to be able to uh, share um, what, what we have with other people and believe that God can do a mighty work in the lives of those who maybe we doubt he could do it in. So be blessed and... I encourage you to meditate on this prayer, Psalm 145.